Hi friends, welcome to the Hippie Hangout Podcast. My name is Kaya. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope you're having a great morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is for you, wherever you are in the world. I hope you're having fun doing what you're doing. Thanks for tuning in. We are at 69 plays. Derp! I know, this is a fucking stupid number, but we're almost at 70 plays, y'all, and that's pretty exciting. Um... It is 91 degrees right now, and I am boiling and melting all at the same time. And I just sat here for a hot minute and debated whether or not I should go to the community pool, but that means I have to walk there. And in 91 degrees, I just can't fathom walking for 20 to 30 minutes. Like, I want to go outside, and I do want to go on a walk, and I will eventually, but um, I do also want to wait a little bit longer, maybe like around six or seven when it starts to you know get a little cooler out and you know maybe maybe the sun isn't so bright and um hot (laughs) um with that being said i'm not running the air conditioner right now i have it on the fan setting and you're probably thinking well like you're fucking crazy and i am but i'm a person that prefers doors and windows open and the fans on and like feeling the heat rather than just like being stuck with like all the doors closed and like in the dark and the cold like I still need to know that it is summertime so doors open the fans are on and I'm like I'm fine as long as I don't like move too much (laughs) I'll be fine um I actually did move a lot today I cleaned the apartment and I'm doing laundry so I'm being productive which is good um but yeah let me tell you all about my monday because monday was the full moon and it was also the lunar fair was so much fun i had a blast and um i spent the morning at this river that's only like 20 minutes away from my house and like me and my best friend went we had no idea that this river was even there, but yeah, it's a 20 minute drive and we were like, what the fuck? We need to come here all the time. It's like that meme that's like smokers say like, I know a spot and then they take you here. It's literally one of those places. Um, it was so magical and so beautiful. I had such a fun morning, afternoon. It was like, when did we get there? It was around like 1030 ish. So yeah, we spent like pretty much the morning there slash afternoon. And then we came back, got dressed and ready. And then we drove an hour to the lunar fair in new jersey and it was so much fun guys it was way better than last year too we just like knew what we were getting ourselves into this time around too like i don't know we we just got more involved this time too which i think kind of made it way better um we did like a drum circle for a really long time and we just like visited all the shops we did this like egg cleanse too like we had like there were two women who were doing like egg cleanses so i did one of those and it was really really fun i really loved it um i got a t-shirt two necklaces a bandana a butterfly pin and did i get anything else no i think that was it oh i got a free book too because they have like a free book exchange so if like you bring a book you can get a book in return it's so much fun 
So I took in this copy of The Beautiful and the Damned that I have. I never, ever read. So I traded that in for this one. It was like laying out on the table and it caught my eye immediately. Um, I was actually going to get a different book first, but then I ended up getting that book. And the one that I did have my eye on originally, my, my friend got. So we kind of like flip-flopped in that way. But yeah, it's called uh, The Spiritual Almanac. So it's about like different like spiritual healing techniques and they talk about like things that people used to do like in ancient cultures and in ancient time periods and like now kind of a more modern version of a ritual that you could do it's really really cool like it's like they talk about like breath work and meditation and there's a lot of other things too it's very helpful i just kind of skimmed it though i didn't actually like sit down and fully read it yet but i'm very very excited too anyways um that's enough rambling about my week. Oh, wait, really quick. I need to tell you all the drama of what happened yesterday because it was insane. So I had work yesterday. So I, I usually get up for work around six o'clock and I got up and I washed my face, whatever. And I get a notification, an Instagram notification. And I like to be off my phone in the morning, but yesterday I was just kind of like, whatever. Like I kind of got ready kind of quickly. And I was like, I just want to see like what's going on. I got a notification that this girl that I used to teach dance to, um, if you don't know, I took dance classes from ages 3 to 18, so for 15 years I took dance. Um, when I was, when I turned 14, I was asked to start teaching dance classes, and I was like, sure, that sounds fucking lit. So, I taught dance for four years then, from 14 to 18, and, um, yeah, I taught, like, this one class in particular that followed me those four years. So, like, I got to know them really, really well. Anyways, that's, like, the backstory, the, the like, preface for this. I get a message. Well, actually, I get a, a follow notification because I don't have, like, a private account. So, it was just, like, a notification. And it said, um, this girl that I used to teach followed me. And I was like, that's weird because I already followed her account. So, it was, like, a different... Like, it had, the, the username was a different username than her account. So I was like, okay, this is a, a brand new account. They had, like, 30 followers. And I was just, like, going back and forth and comparing the two Instagram accounts. Same profile picture, different username, different, like, Instagram bios. Um, it was just very, like, the new account was, like, very generic. And I was like, okay, this is strange. So I get a an Instagram DM because I followed them back. And I was like, I get an Instagram DM right away. My thought was, oh, okay, maybe she got logged out of her account or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So I get a notification that she sends me a DM and it says, hey, from this, like, new account. I was like, hey, like, how are you? And she says, oh, I'm fine. I'm still breathing. And I was like, okay. Like, immediately a red flag goes off in my mind because I'm like, I know this girl. I know this girl so personally. But okay I was like maybe you know like this is like that weird like teenager humor like she's now like in high school so I was like okay like maybe this is like her weird humor whatever so I kind of brushed it off um and she said like how are you and I said um oh I'm good and she said that's awesome and then I said are you still doing dance and then she said yeah of course I am and I'm like okay like I I didn't know I I as soon as I quit dance, like, I kind of, like, you know, I never really went back to visit or anything. I think I saw, like, maybe one recital, but, like, since then, like, I, I never really had an opportunity to, like, go back and visit. So it's been almost three, four years since I've seen any of these girls. So just this whole interaction was so weird to me. But, um, 
yeah, I, I, I was like, oh, that, that's great. But I actually didn't even get a chance to send that message because two seconds later after she said, yeah, of course I am, I get, this is really embarrassing that I even have to ask this and I'm so ashamed, but I just, I really have to ask you. And I said like, yeah, what's up? And now I'm getting concerned because I'm like, you know, is she trying to like confide in me for something? Like what's going on? And then I get, and I didn't even like open the notification until today, which was at actually an accident because I was trying to like look at her profile, but I, I don't know. I, just, I was trying to like look at her profile and I like opened the message even though I didn't want to. So I opened it, but I never responded. Um, she says, is there any way that I could get $50 from you? I swear I'll pay you back, I'll pay you back tomorrow with a little interest, with like the little prayer hands emoji. And I, I truly was like, I don't know what to say. Like, is this a genuine conversation? Did her account get hacked? Like, I never answered and I of course never sent her money because I'm like, first of all, I just spent a lot of money yesterday at the Lunar Fair. I don't have, you know, I can't like financially like, you know, do that right now. And also this just seems really sketchy. Like it's just something so off about it. So I was just like, I didn't, I didn't respond, but it was just really, really weird. So yeah, I think I got a message from a hacker yesterday and yeah, that's pretty much it. I just thought it was a really strange thing that happened. Um, I actually got a message from my brother's girlfriend today and she said the same thing happened to her that like she had a very similar situation that one of her um like somebody's account got hacked and they were asking her for like a hundred dollars and I was like holy shit like that's insane and she did the same thing like didn't ever respond or anything and I was like yeah I don't plan to respond because I think it's fake <laughs> like I don't know I just I just kind of thought it was crazy but that is enough about my personal life and all of my fucking crazy shenanigans Today, we are going to be talking about something that is very near and dear to my heart and something that I think you will have a lot of fun learning about. We are opening the schools, y'all. Summer school is in session. It is hippie history. Woo! I'm so excited. And today, the first item on the hippie history docket is Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters. So I am so excited to get into this. Oh my gosh. We're gonna have a blast. Let's go. Now, I'm sure the name Ken Kesey sets off a couple bells and whistles in your mind because he is a famous American author, and we'll get to that. But first off, I just want to give a little bit of some background as to uh, the setting of where we are. We're in America. It is pre-1964. From 1960 to, like, 1963, the world is kind of stuck in this post 50s era you know like it we're just getting out of the 50s and everything is still in that sort of 1950s image the clean cut all american sort of image you know straight edge nuclear family like you know the housewife you have like you know the the guys making the money and there's the the housewife at home it's just it's that very stereotypical image that's kind of what the beginning of the 60s looked like because I feel like everybody thinks that the 60s, like the second the 60s started, it was like all psychedelia and all this, but actually it didn't come until about halfway through the decade. So this whole 
idea of the psych- the psychedelic movement didn't start until 1964 with people like Ken Kesey. So, he kind of had this idea, Ken, to take a bus trip to the 1964 World's Fair. So, now we got to provide all the background to that. So, who is Ken Kesey and why LSD? Why was LSD like his drug of choice? So Kesey was a great American writer. He wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Sometimes a Great Notion. He was a lover of the arts. He did magic, ventriloquy, acting, and he had an, inter- an interest in filmmaking. Um, in college, he played football and he was training to be on the Olympic wrestling team. So he never drank or smoke, smoked at all. He was, again, the typical clean-cut, all-American, white white boy with blonde hair and blue eyes, you know? But all of that changed when, after he graduated college, he got uh, gifted a scholarship to go to Stanford University for a creative writing program. And while he was at Stanford, he was given the opportunity to be involved in some LSD experiments that they were doing at the Stanford Hospital. These experiments were actually the MKUltra experiments that the government was doing to try and use LSD as a sort of mind control drug, but they were just testing out to see, like, what were the effects of this drug at all. So um, they were paying $75 to anybody who would come and participate in these studies. Um, Kizzy was actually able to sneak a bottle of LSD out of the hospital, So he worked in the mental ward of the Stanford Hospital as like a nighttime sort of cleaner. And, you know, he oversaw everything. Um, And there was really no, you know, surveillance or anything at the time. He was the surveillance and there were no cameras or anything. It was 1964 for crying out loud. So he actually had access to a drawer in one of the rooms in the hospital, in one of the um, desks of the hospital building, and it had a bottle of LSD in it, and he just slipped it in his pocket and took it. After Kesey's own experiments and his own um, exposure to the drug, he wanted everybody else to be turned on to it. He wanted everybody in his life to try this and have the same experience as him. So this is where it all begins, the big trip. So the 1964 World's Fair was being built in New York, and Kesey wanted to go. He got his friend from college, Ken Babs, in on the idea. Eventually, more and more people got involved and also wanted to go on the trip to New York. Originally, they were going to take a station wagon, but now there were just way too many people to cram into a little station wagon. So Ken bought a 1939 yellow school bus that was converted into a camper. Um, It had two beds and a stove and a fridge, and I think a couple other amenities. He and his friends actually blindfolded themselves and started painting the bus crazy, wild, psychedelic colors. Um, There's a movie that I watched in preparation for this podcast episode called The Magic Trip. Um, And Ken describes it as your left brain working before you can even see what you're doing. And it's just really cool to hear him talk about this. You know, you can watch this movie and uh, listen to Ken actually talk about his own experiences with this whole bus trip. If you want to watch that, I will talk about the place where I found it at the end. Um, But anyways, yeah, they were blindfolding themselves, painting the the bus wild psychedelic colors. They were walking with uh, 
paint on the bottoms of their feet on the top of the bus and taking a broom and sweeping paint on the top of the bus. They were just going crazy. And then they would paint over it again and again and again. Um, but anyways, they also installed the generator and they had a deck that they built on the top of the bus so that they could sit on the roof while they were driving. The bus was called Further and it was kind of described as a philosophical concept. That's where they were trying to go, was further. Um, they also had the idea to film the entire bus trip and make it into a movie. So, yeah, this is the, the film that I watched was actual footage from 1964 of their bus trip. And it was really, really cool. It was Ken Babs who dubbed him and all of his friends the Merry Pranksters. He said, "'Tis I, the intrepid traveler, come to lead my merry band of pranksters across the continent in the opposite direction of the settlers. Our goal, the obliteration of the entire nation. No, 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 we're not blowing up their buildings, we're blowing their minds." So that's kind of the introduction to the merry band of pranksters, and you can kind of get a sense for what they were all about. So that brings me to the Merry Band of Pranksters. Uh, this is a list of everybody who was on their bus and their bus name because nobody went by their name on the bus. They had a different name. So Ken Kesey was often called the Chief, Captain Flag, or Swashbuckler. Neil Cassidy was Sir Speed Limit. He was also their driver to New York. He didn't drive on the way home, just the way there. Um, he took a lot of speed so he talked 40 miles a minute and he would just talk like this and he would just talk super fast and he almost never shut up <laughs> um he was also the inspiration for the main character Dean Moriarty in Jack Kerouac's novel On the Road Kathy Kasamo was called Stark Naked and she was an actress Ken Babs was the intrepid traveler he was also an author, and he served in the Marine Corps before they went on the whole bus trip. Like, he literally, like, got home from the Marines, and then, like, five months later, he went on this bus trip. Uh, Jane Burton was called Generally Famished. She was a Stanford ph philosophy professor, and she was also pregnant at the time during this trip. Paula Sunston was called Gretchen Fetchen, or Slime Queen. George Walker uh, was known as Hardly Visible. Steve Lambrecht, a.k.a. Zonker. And John Babs was called Sometimes Missing, and he is Ken Babs' older brother. Uh, the Pranksters weren't really branded as hippies. They were more so the bridge between the beatnik generation of the 50s and the hippies of the 60s. They always wore red, white, and blue striped shirts and American flag pattern clothing to show what they were doing was American and that people would have to get used to it because this is where America was headed. Uh, the pranksters were never perceived as threatening either, though. Uh, kids loved the bus, and they would always be attracted to its bright colors. However, the bright colors also attracted cops, and the bus was stopped frequently. Uh, their cover was to always get out with the film cameras and say that they were making a movie. Um, and there's a, a couple of fun little stories that happened, like, along the way. Um, they stopped in Arizona and pulled a political stunt to make fun of Republican candidate Barry Goldwater, who was running for Senate at the time. They spray-painted a, a vote for Barry is a vote for fun, and they drove down the main street of this town backwards while waving the American flag. Um, and there is a story of one time when they got stuck in the mud in Arizona, they were like, okay, well, we're going to be here for a couple of hours while we get help, so why don't we take some LSD? And they passed around a jug of orange juice with a random amount of LSD in it. You basically just shook up the orange juice and took a swig and hoped for the best. And um, 
the sto- like that's kind of this is the backstory of uh Gretchen Fetchen's other nickname Slime Queen because she took the LSD and she walked into this pond and it started to hit as she walked into the pond and this algae and the slime started to like talk to her um and the algae was like finally somebody can you know hear us we've been trying to communicate with you guys forever so that's how she got dubbed the slime queen and if you actually watch the bus footage there are a lot of other fun little quirky stories like that but basically you know this was an lsd fueled bus trip to the world's fair so once they got to new york um they attended the world's fair they said it was a trip and then they headed up to timothy leary's compound in melbrook new york so now we have to give a little bit of some background on who is tim leary and also ramdas both Tim Leary and Ramdas were professors at Harvard University. They had a more scientific way of looking at LSD at first. Tim believed LSD and other psychoactive drugs had a potential in psychotherapy. Eventually, they were fired from Harvard because they were kind of running their own psilocybin experiments. Um, they weren't focusing on LSD. They were actually focusing on psilocybin. But um, yeah, they were basically fired for giving drugs to students. Um, they started conducting their own experiments at this compound in New York. Leary is also known for coining one of the most infamous phrases of the 60s, turn on, tune in, drop out. Ramdas's Ram real name is actually Richard Alpert. Um, he traveled to India and was renamed Ramdas by his guru, Neem Karoli Baba. This meeting of the heavily controlled scientists of the East and the wild, crazy pranksters of the West was truly just a meeting of the minds to discuss LSD and say, like, okay, this is really happening, like, this is going to be a big thing, and that's what they were discussing. And after their visit, the pranksters began the journey home. When they reached California, they wanted to keep exposing people to LSD, and their solution was the acid tests. Now, you might have heard of the acid test, but I feel like it's something that was kind of buried in history because of all of the anti-drug stuff that came out once Reagan kind of declared uh, psychoactive drugs a Schedule One offense. So, anyways, Ken Kesey set up these parties all along the San Francisco Bay Area from 1965 to 1968, and he would put up flyers that read, Can You Pass the Acid Test? The first one was held on November 27th. That's two days before my birthday. <laughs> um, it was in 1965 at Ken Babs's house. The atmosphere for these acid tests would usually be a dark room with black lights and strobe lights and fluorescent paint and performances by, at the first acid test, they were called the Warlocks, but a week later at the second acid test when they would perform again, they were known as the Grateful Dead. Um, the Grateful Dead's first live performance was at the second acid test ever held. Um, the LSD would be mixed with Kool-Aid, and the test, the test room, the party, would usually have two giant barrels in the middle of it. And um, one would say for adults only, and one would say for kids only. That's right, people actually took their kids to these events. But that's why they were called uh, the Kool-Aid acid tests. Um... The author, Tom Wolfe, actually wrote a book about these parties called The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. Um, Ken Kesey started to hand out flyers that said, I passed the acid test if you did indeed pass. Uh, they would hold an acid graduation ceremony at the end of their parties, which was usually at the crack of dawn. 
And that's kind of where that leaves us. A good amount of the pranksters have passed away, including Ken Kesey. Um, I know Ken Babs is still alive, and he's kind of, I think, one of the only pranksters still out there. I, I'm not sure if there are, if there is anybody else. Um, if there is, I, you know, I wish them the best. Um, but yeah. So looking back on this we can really see that like their influence was kind of what kick-started the whole hippie movement of the 60s it was kind of one of the events that could be considered the catalyst for that you know push into the counterculture um i really love the pranksters because they just to me represent freedom they represent just such a level of freedom that I, I feel like I don't know if we could ever reach again. Um, you know, just dropping everything and just saying, fuck it, let's, let's travel across the country. Um, you know, they wanted to light up people's lives too. You know, they would perform and they would, you know, do these little stunts like driving backwards down the street and they would play instruments and paint. They'd do face paint and of course, you know, take drugs, but more than that, they were expressionists. They were so creative and just so wild and free. They really, in they really to me, in all essence, like they represent what it means to be a hippie. Just to be wild and free and fun and loving and connected and you know, just having that sort of idea of like community too. You know, just being around people. I think that that's really what they stood for. Um, they wanted to expand their consciousness and, you know, raise their vibrations. And I think that's so cool and just so amazing. Um, you know, they, they really turned so many people on to uh, something that truly is probably so amazing. I mean, I've never taken LSD, but I imagine that, you know, people have had so many good experiences and, you know, of course there are downfalls and whatever, but for the most part, like, it just sounds like a fun time. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I personally am very scared of acid because it's something that is, you know, synthesized and man-made. I much prefer just, you know, taking natural things. But, um, but I digress. I have a very deep level of respect for them. And the fact that they also made a movie out of it, too. I don't know. It just, it's, it, when you watch the movie, it's just very much like... This is a, a fun summer film, you know? Like, this is just something fun that they were wanting to do. Um, there's a portion in the movie um, when they stop the bus at somebody's house and they just get out and they all play instruments. And, of course, you know, they're playing the instruments for the first time. Like, they don't know what they're doing. And, again, it's just that level of freedom. of It's just it's really just connecting with your inner child is really what it is. Just having that... that freedom and that naivete and that childlike wonder and curiosity um and one of the the women who was on the bus the the one who was pregnant generally famous she said like I didn't really see the point you know if you want to play an instrument you have to be good at it but that's what the pranksters were all about they weren't about being good at things they were about being and they were about doing um so that is what I really enjoy about them. They are just such creative and fun-loving spirit spirits, and I um, I really wish I could have that experience. And I think too, um, the whole idea of living out of a van and traveling around the country is something that is so 
uh, kind of reminiscent of the modern day van lifer movement that went on, especially during like the pandemic and everything. But um, I think that's still popular now too. the whole like notion of like, I just want to like pack up everything into a van and travel. I don't know. I have a lot of respect for them and I think that they're silly and fun and so I know I said I was done with all my notes. Um, this is actually future Kaya the next day. Hello. Um, <laughs> I kind of wanted to add on just a little bit from yesterday. So um, I know I had went through and I kind of gave you a rundown of all the, the hippie history. Um, I kind of just wanted to talk about like, you know, where is the further bus now, you know? Um, unfortunately, the bus kind of fell into disrepair and... Um, it kind of was left to rust in Ken Kesey's farm in Oregon. However, there have been some preservation uh, efforts to kind of restore the life of further. And um, it's actually all thanks to Ken Kesey's son, Zane Kesey. Um, so yeah, I read an article and they said like, you know, through donations and everything, um, they're really hoping to kind of restore the life of the bus and um if you ever have a chance i mean i've never gone up there but if, if you ever have a chance to visit the woodstock museum in bethel new york which is on the top of my bucket list um they have a bus in one of the exhibits it's called the flower power bus but um if you look up pictures of it it's pretty much it's it's kind of a replica of what the further bus looks like um not exact but it's a pretty close kind of replica to it but yeah so you know the the bus is trying to live on very very uh slowly but surely maybe one day we will have a further bus again and i really hope that we do i also wanted to add that um a kind of recent depiction of kind of I guess like a cameo, I guess you could say, of the further bus that I noticed and picked up on was in the series Daisy Jones and the Six on Amazon Prime. In one of the episodes when they are going to play a concert, they are driving in a painted bus that looks exactly like further. And I think the license plate says further on it. So I thought that that was a really nice little homage to the pranksters that they threw into that. Um, and that's really like kind of the only recent media depiction I've ever seen of the pranksters. So I kind of thought that was really cool. But that is wrapping up our first hippie history lesson. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you learned a little thing or two. Um, and if you want to see the film, I'm going to uh, try and link her website but um if you go on to safari google whatever and you type in um child of venus and mars dot weebly dot com it'll take you to this girl's website her name is ava she is one of my favorite youtubers of all time um she has a lot of great free resources if you want to kind of immerse yourself into the hippie counterculture a lot of free books but they um also have a lot of free movies on there as well um, and I watched the documentary called The Magic Trip, and that was the film I kind of watched in preparation for this. Um, I think the first time I saw that movie was a couple years ago when I first found her YouTube account, and I just kind of like went on a, a binging spree of like 60s counterculture films. So if you are ever interested, I highly, highly, highly recommend you look up her website because there's a lot of crazy, kooky, psychedelic films that you can watch for free. So yeah, I will try my best to link that. Um, if it works, then yay, I hope it does. Um, but I think I'm going to go... 
Also, I wanted to mention my hot girl drink of the day. My hot girl drink of the day today is this Zevia organic tea. It is a sweetened hibiscus tea with passion fruit in it. Uh, it's a passion fruit flavored tea. A sweetened hibiscus tea, but it's passion fruit flavored. Yes. <laughs> it's caffeine free and sugar free, zero calories, organic. My favorite type of beverage. But um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for me today. I hope you all have a wonderful afternoon, evening, morning, whatever time of day it is for you. Um, and I will see you next time. Peace out. I love you. Bye.